get our coffees. Oh shit, there we go. All right, can you hear yourself? Yes. All right, you ready for this? You're not? Are you gonna sing? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, welcome back. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be funny if I start out every episode with a, with a rap. <laughs> now this is just the intro music. Did you make this with Colin? No, that's actually a... Uh, I just made the beat, but it's a uh, it's a drum beat by Logan Deweese. Oh, nice. You have to scoot that mic a little closer to you. You can, okay. uh, like... You can even pull it, like pull the bass around closer to you, so that you can uh, look that? at me and talk. There you go. I mean, yeah, you kind of want to be like right up on it. Okay. I got a like super expensive microphone set up, and we're using the cheapest ones I have, because I uh, just that's what we got right now set up. Just pull it a little closer to your mouth. I like, think it is close. This is fine. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> okay. I got a little intro I'm gonna do. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Mining in the Foothills, where I am on the search for dialectic gold with doers from around the Midwest. I am Wes from Wally Opus, and my guest today is Chloe Luttrell, a sophomore real estate agent at Southwest Indiana's top real estate brokerage based on units sold, Doby Real Estate. In the spring of 2020, just as COVID crept its way into American life, Chloe left her job fundraising in nonprofits to pursue a career in real estate. After two attempts at passing her real estate exam, she joined the Doby team of Keller Williams, which is now Doby Real Estate, in the fall of 2020. And she has been cutting her teeth as a buyer's agent, helping more than 60 families, that's six zero families, find homes across the tri-state area over the past two years. Chloe is a graduate of the University of Southern Indiana, where she studied communications and dietetics. Is that right? Nutrition. Oh, <laughs> I tried to get too fancy. Nutrition. She currently resides in Evansville, Indiana, with her young son and her husband, which is me. Hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our young son. That's right. I'm telling you, you got to pull the mic just a little closer. There How's that? Up, up. Push it up. There you go. Better? A little, a little bit more. Better. There we go. Better. Okay, sweet. Okay. So... Thank you for doing this with me. Um, you've done a few things already over the last year or so where you talk about real estate, and that can all be found on W's website, or I guess. WRealEstate.com. Their social media or something. So this, I, I don't want to necessarily talk to you so much about real estate, like the market and shit, because... It's just not that, like, I'm just not that interested in it right now. It's not that interesting. Yeah, unless you're interested in it, unless, yeah. like, you're coming for that information. But mm -hmm. I just, I think it would be more interesting today to take a different angle and ask you some questions that I personally think I would like to know more about uh, related to your work and your regular just life. 
So we're gonna we're gonna take a go at this while while our son takes a nap upstairs, and then whenever we hear him wake up, we'll we'll wrap this up. <laughs> we're if we gonna don't stop because he'll walk out of our bedroom. That's right. Wondering where we're at. Yep. All right. Here we go. So I prepared some questions. I'm just gonna <coughs> ask you, and we'll just see where it takes us. Okay. So um. Like I said, I'm not so much interested in the details of the real estate business right this second, but I am interested in why real estate seems to fit your personality so well. And within, I mean, this is your second year, but you had to take a chunk of the first year off because you had a baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got, like, you had a couple months into real estate, then you had to stop because you had August, and then you had... About three months where you didn't work, and then you jump back in pretty heavy after that. Mm-hmm. But you're projected to make like three times the amount of money this year alone than you did at your last job's annual salary mm-hmm. at Easter Seals. Why do you think it fits your personality so well, the job that you currently have? What is it about real estate that is like why are you doing so well in real estate now that you've been doing it for a couple years so we've talked before about like the pillars of what I wanted in a career for myself and which were what which were um flexible hours financial freedom and um incentivized pay incentivized pay yes working hard like my personal work ethic is what makes me money. And then um, I feel like there was another one. But they were just like standard, like there's a lot of freedom. I need I need that freedom in a career. But I think the bottom line of why real estate fits me so well is because I'm financially driven at the end of the day. I like money. Mm-hmm. And so working hard, I, I have like there's so many growth opportunities in real estate. And then, you know, we could I don't know if we're going to even go into this at some point, but like the end of this year, I want to buy real estate properties. Like there's always something to keep making more, more, more as you invest in real estate and yourself in real estate. So mm-hmm. and like I feel like your boss does a good trade Dobie does a good job of like uh, of incentivizing you guys all the time with competitions mm-hmm. and uh referral programs anything i mean i feel like it's constantly something new or something you could take advantage of if you're a driven person right that um can like it's it is right up your alley if if you like money Oh, yeah. I mean, Trey likes money. He was an engineer and then he wanted more flexibility. He wanted to be his own boss. So he got into real estate and now he's doing substantially well. And he knows all of us, especially as buyers agents, are driven by money. So how to make us work harder? Here's money. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, But what was I just thinking? Oh, like and and I feel like after your year or two, like especially within the last year though, having like known you and like known your team, it seems like there are some people 
who maybe they thought real estate was what was for them or your your path the thing that you're doing like the pathway like being a buyer's agent maybe they thought that that was the path for them too but then like turns out it wasn't so right so like because it takes a certain type like what are the characteristics that you have that someone like who didn't it didn't work out for them what do you have that they don't okay that's what i was going to say like where i think you're going with that is in order to be successful in real estate first off you have to be patient you're not going to pin a house and make money the first day you're there it's going to take weeks of effort and I've, i've seen it with a lot of the new girls on our team i mean it Let's backtrack. When I started, it took me, I didn't get paid until three months of working into real estate. I didn't. Which is brutal for someone <laughs> who checks their bank account six times a day. Again, financially driven. It drove me crazy, but I relied on you, my husband, mm-hmm. to not even financially, but like also long game, like always looking for the long game or playing the long game. Um, but Patience is the first thing because you're, like I said, you're not going to make money right off the bat. The second thing is having like, you're, you have to have like a strong, I don't even, I've said this before, not a mental capacity, but like you have to have a strong um, head on your shoulders because you will, there will be times in sales where you're not selling anything. And if you're commission only, you know, that's hard, Yeah, but you have to stay level-headed. You have to keep working hard because soon, I mean, you may not make money for a whole month, but then bam, your check might be 16K the next month. I mean, it, it it's crazy. Like, but that's what's so nice about yeah. real estate is the potential, but you have to be able to handle sales, the which is and up and down. Yes, how exactly. Do you, how do you manage the, how do you manage both of those? Because you've you've said in the past that when things are going well, it's easy to put things in. It's easy to like put the put the gear in cruise, mm-hmm. and then but then like a couple months goes by and you're like, oh shit, I don't have anything going because I right. was just cruising for while things were going well. Mm-hmm. But then also when things are not going well, I mean at the end of the day, doesn't it just come down to habits? Like doesn't it just Truly, come down yeah. to like your your like work ethic that no matter mm-hmm. what, up and down. Right. You have to stick with it. So like our main priority as agents is lead generating every single day. So that is What's either that? door knocking or which I don't door. I've done it like once. I want to do it more in the future. But lead generating is getting on the phone, calling at least 25 people every day and just making like phone touches. So like just conversations with people that have been on our website that may or may not be looking to move. If you can consistently lead generate, you can have a very um, even keel sales experience. But like if you're, is that kind of a good way of saying that? Mm, Yeah. Sales experience. I don't know. But like Uh, sale. Yeah. Like a steady sale, like steady income, I guess. Steady income. Um, You get a consistency. Right. It's consistent. You're not, you're not like dipping in sales where it's like, oh no, I haven't pinned anything in forever. How am I going to make money next month? It's as you're lead generating, you're setting appointments, you're finding new buyers, you're finding new sellers consistently. But like, um, this year I had a crazy couple of months. I believe it was like April, May. 
I was so busy showing houses that I didn't have time to lead generate. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put more onto my plate. So July was a really slow month for me. I only pended, which is like going into escrow under contract. I only pended two homes, which is not very much for me. So that was kind of tough. But I accepted the fact that I needed a break. So I spent more time with my family. Yeah. So I accepted the dip in my sales so that I could breathe and restore and by August, I hit the ground running and I'm, I feel like I'm right back at it. I've built up my pipeline of clients that are looking to buy. So I feel much more secure in my position. But July was a really slow month for me, but I needed it. So yeah, it helped because you were really busy for that April, May God, time yeah. period. It was stupid. It was, it was so stressful. It was very, very stressful. Well, and I feel like someone like you who was who's been working since they were like 14 or something. Like who's had who's who's used to, and I think this is like many people, because this is the way. I mean, a lot of jobs are built, but you're used to the weekly or biweekly pay period, mm -hmm. you know. So then going to a job where you are incentivized, which is great, but there's no safety net. So then when months are slow, you got nothing coming in. You got to be careful. Or at least you got to be disciplined with the money that you do have. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, we're not going to overspend this month. Like, we're not going to do anything crazy because I don't know when the next house I'm going to sell is. I'm working on it, but. Well, that's the thing, too, is once you get a big check, you can't just spend it all. You can't go shopping, buy a new vehicle. You have to hold on to that money because I think that affects how you handle your dips. Mm -hmm. When I have a dip, I know that I have savings if I need to take out of that. But if I go and spend all my money and then I have a dip in sales, I'm going to be so anxious. I go into work. Yeah. Like I did this my first year where you just, it it really puts like, there's a toll. Like it really puts, is that, puts a toll on you. An emotional toll. Yes, an emotional toll on you. You come into the office and you're just not a, like, nobody wants to be around somebody that's complaining yeah. because that affects your sales too. You yeah. just have to accept what is and what isn't and get back to lead generating if your sales are dipping. It's really it's that what simple. You signed up for. You right. signed up for and right. you're at the you're at the uh you're at the mercy of the market as yep. well. So if the market like when interest rates went up over the summer, mm -hmm. people got a little hesitant. Well, that was July period too. So yeah. I didn't have that many clients looking, but also the interest rates were high and people got a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going Which back to school. Yeah. Yeah. You can't buy it. Your money doesn't go as far. Mm -mm. Yeah. That all makes sense. Well, yeah, I'm got That was, that was a good answer. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, it fits you well. Thanks honey. Yes. So, so let's, uh, let's transition from real estate a little bit. I'm not, we're not on a time crunch, but I do want to get, into more about you before uh, before we have to stop doing this. So um, you often say that I never say never anymore because when I say never, I end up doing whatever I said I would never do. W give me a couple examples. And I'm more so just trying to uh, highlight this uh, because I think it's a cool, I think it's interesting uh, about you. Give me a couple examples of when that happened in your life. You never, like when you said, I'm never going to do that, and then you ended up doing it. Give me a couple examples and tell me how it worked out for you. Give me like three. 
Okay, I was going to say, I feel like there were three times, but one is, there's only one that's, I can remember, but I know there was way more than that. What's one? The first one was, would you ever be in, when you asked me, would you ever be in a long distance relationship? No, I would never do that. I yeah, did it. I remember that. Yeah. And there were a couple other term times where I was like, I would never do this or that. And then I went and did it. And I'm like, stop saying never. Because as soon as you say it, you end up doing that. Sorry, I thought I heard August. No, you'll hear him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were a couple different times where I said never and I ended up doing it. And so now I've like, it's ingrained in my brain that if I say never, that means it's going to happen in the future. So stop saying never and just accept again. It's this like acceptance of it could happen. Yeah. I don't want it to in that in that moment. But being open to the possibility of whatever I just said to happen at some point. Because I feel like when you cut yourself off, when you're like, I never do that. You, you're so rigid. It's like. It's like, how do you know? You how do you know? Do yeah. How do you know? We're always changing. And I mm -hmm. think that was my thing was like, I'm constantly changing as a person. I'm changing my, like, not my values, but I'm changing a lot of like, um, direction direction yeah. yes there's always yeah. th there's things always changing yes that when i say never i'm like eh. well recently i said i will never get a cat that might actually yeah, be true because have, i am allergic uh, yes why would you i yeah. thought you said dog i know i i took back dog because Ugh. i feel like that's a possibility that we get a dog in our house yeah never a cat and I will, I will accept that because I, I physically can't handle a cat. Yeah, I'm allergic. Well, and that okay. That's the the, the never thing. The never say never thing is, of course, you're never, hopefully, gonna do meth. You know, that's like you don't even. That's, that's like true. a thing that you don't have to say. That's I true. will never do meth. But like, I wonder if the other stuff is a bit of like a subconscious thing. Like when you're like, I'll never date long distance, and then after you heard yourself say it. Cause I didn't push it. I didn't. Cause I didn't even know if I wanted to. Date. I didn't know what that meant. You know. I asked. Like. Openly. I was just like, yeah, curious. Do you yeah. think you'd ever date long distance? You know, and mm -hmm. which is funny because then we did for about a year. Eleven, or yeah, 10, 10 months. 11 months, yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great experience. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think starting out in a relationship. All you have is communication. Any like anyways. Yeah. Obviously, you know people probably move in together a little bit sooner yeah. than later. The physical but. touch is the hardest part. I mean, that is an important part of a relationship is being in proximity, mm -hmm. spending time together. But if you don't have that, and really at the time, I think it was good for us not to have that because it was a different approach to a relationship where it was like we genuinely had to get to know each other. Yeah, and we had so much going on in our own lives. Yeah. Like, I had just turned 21. I had another year of college left. Yeah. I didn't want to settle down. I, no. I just told you I never want to do long distance. So in my head, it was like, I really, like, I liked you. I probably loved you at this point. But I didn't want to, like... I still wanted to enjoy my last year of college and you had just moved to LA and you wanted to focus on your music. So it's like, we've got our own things going on right now, yeah. but we could come back in the evenings and talk about our day. Yeah. And it was like having, it was really just having a best friend to support each, Like we were supporting each other. Yeah. It wasn't this constant like, Oh, I miss you. I no. miss you. So like, no. God, life sucks without you. It's like, no, life is better with you in it. 
But right now I'm focusing on my last year of college and you're focusing on your music. So it was really like really special I, time. You know, it honestly made me think because I know that I know that there is uh, not all relationships work out that way where the long distance is a good thing. But I think there are a few um, relationships. There's like a couple that I'm thinking of. I don't really know them that well, but I'm thinking of a military family where the husband, and I think it's probably a lot easier to be in a long distance relationship in 2022 and be in the military than it was in the 70s or something where you had to write letters and, you know, phone call. I don't even know if you had phone calls very often, but but you can you can actually do that now and still be in touch. And I think that there's some, there's some, when I lived in LA and was dating you long distance, there was some greater purpose feeling within me that like, I'm doing this for someone back home who who I'm falling in love with or who is rooting for me. It's like, but but you didn't have to be there. You know what I mean? But I had all the time in the world to like do my thing mm -hmm. and be myself. And we still, we didn't tie each other down. Like we still let each other to party and like go out and mingle with other people. It was fine. You know, yeah. like it was all part of the distance you know it was, it was like understandable yeah and now i do think at this point it would be really hard like if you're thinking yes. military yeah. and having kids like it'd be hard to go i wouldn't want to do that yeah. yeah that would be but starting out it was it was very fun i mean it worked out really well yeah it yeah. fit us yes you know? exactly but that that takes me to um another question that i think it actually is pretty relevant uh to the relationship so like when I first met you, uh, I think you were 19 and I was 21. We didn't start dating right away, but I think we were about those ages. You're not, are you two years older than me? Yeah, you are, sorry. Yeah, and as I got to know you, I recognized that you were not one to get involved in emotionally, like in emotional games of relationship drama. Like you just never brought that. May, may, like maybe a couple times like we would get into that sort of game do you know what i'm saying like like jealousy or stuff like that like feelings of it would come up but i honestly think it was just residual bullshit from past relationships or movies or like because it was i just never it, it never lasted it always got squashed or whatever mm -hmm. but um but like our relationship is pretty well been drama free most of the time uh, that we've been together and going on like like uh, five years, I guess. It's been like five years, yeah. Yeah, um, but like, what what do you think accounts? Because I don't want to say that, because there are definitely plenty of women or girls and guys who are like this. But like, what do you think account? Why did how did we get so lucky, or how did we how did this happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did it occur? Do we find two people, or we find another person, or two people who can live pretty well drama-free? What, what, what happened in the beginning? Are you know, like, what? I, I mean, how I could owe other a lot. people mimic that? Not that we have a perfect relationship, but I really like our relationship. I owe a lot to of that drama-free to you. You are not a drama person. You are intentional. I have been this week on, on oh Instagram my, yeah. about politics, <laughs> which I'm stopping that yeah. right away. Gee whiz. Losing friends over Gosh. here. 
No, I'm just it's kidding. It's been but... a little dramatic, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew you loved me. There was no question in my heart that, like, you cared for me and you had good intentions. And I think that's where it starts. Because when you're a genuinely good person or when you genuinely seek the good of everything people see that and they trust one another and i saw that in you and then in return i treat people how not necessarily how i'm treated but like in return like i i saw all of that goodness in you that it just made me better because i i mean i had past relationships where there was jealousy well there was jealousy because i didn't trust them they didn't give me any reason to trust them they didn't it didn't feel like they truly valued me for me. Yeah. But when you fell in love with me, I fell in love with myself because I know I knew it was true. So I think like, I don't know. I think at the core of relationships, having a real, like a real love and a connection is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Having open communication, not getting upset with each other when you speak your truth or you speak about your past or you speak about like how you feel about anything. Yeah. You've never made me feel like I wasn't enough or you never made me feel like what I said was stupid or there was never any of that. You were just constantly you can be yourself in this whenever yeah. you want. I think that I don't know, all of those things. If you could just be that it's yeah. a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, and like I think one thing that I did with or that that we did together was we built a relationship. So like the the relationship is an entity. Like it's a it's something that we both contribute to and we I think for the most part, at least I mean, especially in the beginning, I mean as you get married and as you like live together for a while, you start to you you know, you just you forget things. But like, especially in the beginning, I think we brought our best like the in the, like like imagine that the relationship was a like a like a project or like a business or a house that we're building. You know, it's like we laid the foundation with trust. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing, because we didn't yep. have any we didn't have physical touch. We didn't have being around each other all the time to just like to call that our relationship, our relationship was literally built on talking and hour long phone calls. Honesty. FaceTimes. Yeah. Like we would write letters sometimes, yeah. like all that, but trust was the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then we, and then we start doing like, then we start being around each other more when I moved back to the area. But even then we did not move in together right away. We waited for about six months, got our first place, then got engaged. Then, then moved apart for a little bit right before we got married, <coughs> got married, bought a house, or I guess still lived in an apartment, got pregnant, then had a kid and bought a house all really like right by, like, right within mm-hmm. each other. But like we, I think I read something or also a video or something right in the beginning of our relationship, which really struck me where like it said something about don't make your partner the center of your universe, which I think when you're a kid, that's what you do when you're in high school. Yes, your yeah, relationship you're, you're is fixated yes, on the idea yes. of the other person. You fill in all the gaps of their mm-hmm. inadequacies, and you just assume that they're perfect, and you put them on a pedestal. 
and like the relationship itself could literally suck but you're so in like entranced emotional by the idea. yes yeah and you're so yes. emotional that you just like I think if you don't ever move out of that, you could, you'll probably continue to fall into that cycle in life, wanting the person that you're with to be somebody that they're not. When really, and that's it's when just you about, should know firsthand, like that's not yeah. the like if if you're constant constantly complaining about your partner for the things that they're not, either a you need to stop complaining or b you're with the wrong person. Yeah. Because complaining is not going to fix somebody. You can't change anybody. I mean, people can change, like, financial habits yeah. or... Um, Diet or uh, health habits. And health habits or, stuff like... Stuff can change, but... I've seen a lot of people... <laughs> they have to change yes, themselves. Yes, they have to change. Yeah, yeah. You can't change. That's the key. You can't change them. Is he awake? No, we're good. Okay. It was just a good, probably a good idea to check in for a sec. But that's a good point. It's you. You could change someone, but only if they want to be changed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But, but I think that's like uh, there was another thing that happened in the beginning of our relationship too, which was the first time I had done this, was learned about it. Like learned about everything that happened, even when we were getting. So I remember going to the chiropractor. Uh, who's always been a big like mentor of mine, just like cuts through my bullshit and calls me out on stuff without being an asshole, which is the best way. But he, uh, I told him that we moved in together, got us got ourselves an apartment. I was all pumped up. He goes, "Oh, you gonna marry her?" And I'm like, "Marry her? Duh. I, don't know. I mean, we don't have money. Like, I need to say duh. I was like, "Well, you should have." I, I just, I, I blew it off because that was too big of a question, but. I left there, and he got me thinking. So then, that's what it's all about, plant seeds in people's minds. And then I went and went to the internet, <laughs> started YouTube and videos on, like, what is marriage? Why do people get married? What's the point? Because my parents got divorced when I was 19, and it left a real sour taste of marriage. I'm like, well, if that's how marriage could end, why would I get involved? That was terrible, you know? But now I realize... No, 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 no. It's a beautiful institution. It's a beautiful connect. Like, it's a beautiful promise if it's with the right person. And if the other person is on board, then, and the reason it's hard to get divorced is because once you're together and you're built, you know, you're established together and then you have a kid or you have kids, like you start building a family, you don't want that to be easily broken because once it breaks, God, it could just really, really fuck shit up for a lot of people. Well, you you lose that involved. trust. Yeah, yeah, kids lose the trust in something they've always believed in, which is their parents' the love. The love, the, the foundation of love in your life mm -hmm. can evaporate, you know. Then you just have to rebuild it. But, man, if you're, I mean, how are you going to tell a four-year-old, hey, just rebuild the structure of love in your life? Like, you know, that's, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Anyway. You can try. God, I just got on a rant about love. This, love. Is, uh, this is supposed to be an interview with you, and here I am preaching. <laughs> you're over here having your own podcast. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> All right, I got to ask you this. So as long as I've known you, you've had a spark, okay? A type of energy <laughs> in two directions. One, that when you walk into a room, you know, like you don't know anybody, but you are, yeah, you will talk to everybody 
you just like that's how you've always been and i was not like that especially when i met you i'm getting more like that now but like i'm more of a small group kind of guy i'm more of like a two or three let's hang out or one-on-one conversation much more one-on-one for yeah. you it's hard for yeah. me to walk into a group like i like i would more so stay home <laughs> than go to a big gathering although i do enjoy them now um Anyway, okay. Because so, you have to. That's right. Yeah, that was one of the prerequisites of dating or whatever. Is we'll go to family stuff. Yeah. Anyway, to. okay. So, but you have a type of energy and a spark that seems to like push you forward towards like future oriented goals. Like you always, so whether it's work or finances or raising our son, like you always think about creating a bigger and better future something bigger and better than right now. But you've and so and you've told me that, which I know this too, but you've said like your parents were hard workers. They're people of integrity. They do what they say. You know, they're 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 strong people. I know your parents to be that. But you weren't necessarily raised to be a go-getter, you know, to have that more mentality. Right, like it wasn't so much like more, more, more. It was work hard, work hard. But like my parents were always w- happy with what they had in that time frame. I never like felt that it was like, okay, what's next? Yeah. What's that next thing? Which <clears throat> is actually really cool too because that I feel like all like for those that don't know, I have three siblings. For the four of us kids, like we're all happy people yeah because my parents are happy people and i feel like like genuinely comfortable in your own skin yeah and okay like you're in your head like you're okay yeah most of the time yeah yeah. (laughs) right right most of the time of course there's yeah yeah exceptions but but at the end of the day like people i mean i would say all of us are very happy and we've got a very close family and that was my probably my parents priority was just to raise us kids to be good people and my dad worked hard so that we could have the money to you know go to catholic schools and so that they could donate to the nonprofit groups that they wanted to like that that was their so i guess they are people of giving yeah for sure I don't I guess what I'm trying to say they're not financially driven. They're just driven to meet like those needs of raising the family that they want and then having yeah, having the certain lifestyle that they do, but I guess they're not financially driven. Do yeah. do you agree with that? Yeah, but what's funny is even them not being financially driven they're well off. They're people. well off. Yeah. Like beautiful yeah. home, beautiful family. Mm-hmm. They don't have any, their needs are met. Exactly. You know? they, they don't have great get anything. habits in terms of like, I mean, they're just not in trouble a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in like dire situations, like they, they're smart people. And they can take care of people, other yeah. people and stuff like that. But where does like the, where did it happen to where you're like, I want more? I mean, you still, I mean, you're just kind of relentless when it comes to, I think I you think it's more. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it started probably in high school. It was a group of people I hung out with. They came from 
Well, one of my best friends did in high school, came from a family that had a lot more, like had a lot of money, but I was never driven at that point. Like, oh, I want her life. It was everybody in my friend group at that time were very driven. Mm. I think 